You're listening to the Church on the Move Roswell podcast. We hope this message inspires you, encourages you, and challenges you to take your next step with Jesus. Thanks for listening. Let's check it out. Turn with me to Matthew chapter 6. Starting a new series called The Heaven on Earth. And we're going to talk about how you bring heaven to earth. Amen. And, uh, but before we do, I want to mention uh, the ladies' teas this Saturday. So ladies, get ready. We have, uh, you know, uh, Miss Julie be hosting that along with all the other ladies that are part of that, that, that group. And uh, we have a guest speaker, Robert Morris, uh, who pastors one of the largest churches uh, in America. His daughter's coming to speak, and she's an outstanding Christian, outstanding speaker. You'll get a lot out of it. And so, uh, you know, they, they don't mention in their announcements, which I, which I wish they would, that it's $25, but that's, that's for a meal. That's all of it. That You get a full meal and everything that comes with that. So it's a great price for that event. And so, you know, I hear women saying, well, we don't do enough for the ladies' ministry. Well, this is what we do. So if you've ever said that or said, man, I wish we could do more for the ladies, well, you need to come to this because this is what we do. Amen? So be part of that. Don't complain if you don't. It's like the men's advance. Don't complain if you don't come to Forged, that we don't do enough for the men and we don't do this or don't do that. God's given plenty of opportunities. So he's given you opportunity, ladies, to come together, take a break, eat, you know, eat a good lunch, drink some tea, I guess. I guess it's the tea party, so... Guess there'll be some tea there. Um, and hear a great speaker and just have some fellowship. Just have some girl time. You need some girl time because we need some guy time. So go to the tea. So we can watch the game and not be told 50 honeydews. <laughs> anyway. Uh, you know, I, I've been I meditated on this, and I've been meditating on this for weeks. I didn't have it in my notes, but I just want to mention this to you, that, you know, there is a woman in the Bible that had an issue of blood, they said, and that for many, many years, she struggled with her health. She spent all her money. She's very wealthy. She spent all her money on doctors, and she, she didn't get better. Matter of fact, she got worse. And so then she heard about Jesus. And, you know, a lot of people heard about Jesus. And we know that because of how the story goes. A lot of people hear about Jesus, but they don't always get what Jesus has to give. Now, what happened was, Jesus walking through a crowd, and all these people heard about Jesus by the hundreds, probably the thousands, are touching Jesus. They're touching him all over. You can imagine they're touching him. They're touching his head. They're trying to touch him anywhere they can uh, to get something from him. But Jesus doesn't mention any of that. But this one woman who heard about Jesus began to say, if I could just touch the hem, if I can just get a little piece of Jesus, just a, just a piece of Jesus, she said, I will be healed. So what, so she fights through the crowd, reaches and touches the hem of his prayer cloth. The, the hem she was talking about was the, his prayer cloth that represented prayer. And so isn't that interesting? So he, she touches that, and then she pulls away and mingles back in the crowd. And Jesus stops and says to his apostles, hey, someone touched me. And they're like, Peter's like, yeah. Everybody's touching you. What, what do you mean someone touched you? Everybody's touching you. 
You know, they're trying to fight him off, you know? And everybody's touching him, and he's not, he's not complaining about it, but he said, yeah, but, but someone touched me in virtue. Power, power went out. So everybody heard about Jesus. But only one had power. Only one touched him where his power went out. That's because she, she had prepared. Everybody say prepared. She prepared to receive something by faith that she needed from God. What does this have to do with this service? Are you prepared to receive something this morning? Or did you just get up and come and say, I'm just, this is my routine. I'm coming to church and it's good. Or did you, did you prepare your heart the way she prepared her heart and said, I'm coming to get something from Jesus? I need answers. I need healing. I need this. I need that. I need something from Jesus. And I'm, I'm coming to prepared, prepared to receive power. Now listen, Jesus wasn't, he, hadn't, he wasn't walking and preaching about healing. He was just walking. You know, you can come to church and I can preach on a variety of subjects. But if you come prepared to receive something from Jesus, it's amazing. People will say, Pastor, um, man, you were preaching and I heard you said this and you said that. And you said, I said, I didn't say any of that. Yeah, you didn't. No, I didn't. That's not my notes. I, I, and, I, and I get off my notes a lot. It wasn't anything I said, but it's what they heard. And others say, Pastor, you said this. And I know it meant this, but I got this. I got free. I got delivered. I got healed. I, I've, had them, I've had them say it all. I came to church, and you were preaching on, on the, this subject of relationships, and my knee got healed. Seriously. Why? Because they're like the woman. They just came they just came and said, I have a need. I'm going to get in the presence of God. I'm going to come in faith, and I'm going to, be t- I'm going to touch God and be touched by God. Amen. And they came ready. Did you come ready? Amen. You're saying yes now. I hope you're ready now. I hope you're ready now. The Bible said, be it done unto you according to your faith. So you got to come with faith, and you got to come prepared and ready to receive what, you, what you're seeking ready to receive what you're seeking. You know, God, it's amazing to me how he can minister to each individual in this room. Oh, I don't know how many people said, man, Pastor Troy, it's like you were talking to me. How many people have have said to their wife or husband or friend and said, did you tell them about me? I hear this all the time. No, and they'll go, no, I've never done Never talked to the guy about you. Never said anything about you. Why does he know all this stuff? I don't. The Holy Spirit knows you. And he wants to speak to you today. He wants to do something powerful. Jesus said, virtue came out of me. Power left me. And she finally, he said, who touched me? And all of them touched him. But only one woman spoke up because she knew what he meant. Like, who touched me with faith? Who came to receive something from me? And she, she very meekly said, I did, Lord. Like, oh. And Jesus is like, mm, that's really good stuff right there. He's not mad. He's not mad. He wasn't upset. He was like, woman, because of your faith, you're healed. He said, you came to get it, and I'm going to give it to you. 
So you got to come ready to receive and ready to get something and ready to grow and ready to receive those answers that you've been asking about and looking for. I, it's a, he can do it if you'll just come ready. So come ready to touch God. Come ready to experience the power of God through the, through the ministry of his word. When we talk about and read the word, that is Jesus walking through the crowd. He is the word of God made manifest. So I'm about to read his word. When I read it, that's Jesus walking through this crowd looking for someone that will touch him with faith and receive what he wants to, wants to give. You know, um, I attended a, a, another, I think it's the fourth funeral we had last week. And I attended one for one of the young men that, that was... Uh, tragically murdered uh, last Saturday, yesterday. And uh, had both those services this week. And in talking to the parents, I, I love the parents' response. They're hurt, man. You can imagine, they're hurt. But their response is, we want something good to come out of this. I'll, every one of them said it. We want something good to come out of this. You know, I want to ask you something as a community when, when are we going to stop all this nonsense? That's my question. When are we going to stop all this nonsense? When, when, when are we going to put a stop to it? When we go, well, it happened in 1978, happened in 1988, happened in 1998, happened this year. I mean, when are we going to put a stop to all this crazy crap that happens in our community? When are we going to put a stop to it? When are we going to put a stop to leading in divorce and leading in teenage pregnancy and leading in hurt and pain and all the drama and mental issues and, and uh, living off the state and all the junk? We lead the nation. We, 60% of all the people in New Mexico get their income from the state. And if you're receiving that, I'm not, I'm not dogging you, but gosh, it shouldn't be 60%. We're one of the poorest states in the nation. Not just, not just poor financially, but poor spiritually. Poor mentally and mental health. We're, we're, we have the most unemployment in the United States of America. And I see job wanted signs everywhere. I know people ask me all the time, you know anybody wants to work? When are we going to stop it? When are we going to put an end to it? What is our response going to finally be? There's good coming out of this. We're going to make a change. I said, we're going to make a change. And we're going to, and, and listen, I, I've heard preachers. I, I remember preachers and anybody who's been around the charismatic movement. I heard all these preachers uh, every, of every walk and, man, God's going to fall. God's going to explode. God's going to do this. Listen, God's always waiting on his people to do something. He's, he's, he's already done what he's going to do. He's waiting for us to cooperate with him. He said, when my people humble themselves and pray, and then they do something else, they forsake evil. He said, I will come and heal their land. He said, I'll heal the whole nation. We need healing in Roswell. We need a change in Roswell. That change is going to come through his people. It's going to come through his people and his church, the body of Christ, and that's the only way change is going to come. 
And we're going we, to, we, that's the only way we're going to stop seeing broken marriages, broken lives, broken kids. That's, what, that's when we're going to stop seeing the abuse from alcohol and drug addiction and all the sexual abuse. That's when we're going to stop seeing. Guys, I don't know if you're tired of it, but I know after 20 years of drying tears, I'm tired of it. All right, we need to respond. Here needs to be our response. Heaven needs to come to earth, and this is how heaven comes to earth. Matthew chapter 6, verse 9. Our Father, dwelling in the heavenly realms, may the glory of your name be the center of which our lives turn. That's the interpretation of our Father. Who out in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Next verse. Manifest your kingdom realm and cause your every purpose, everybody say purpose, to be fulfilled on earth just as it is fulfilled in heaven. Or we know it as, let your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. How do we get heaven on earth? He says this. He said, let thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So how does heaven come to earth? When God's will is done. When God's will is done, heaven manifests on earth. Uh, I want to take you to, to Mark 14. We're going to read a few scriptures, and then I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to show you how heaven comes to earth, how it has always operated, and how it still operates. In Mark 14, verse 36, this is Jesus praying. He prayed, Abba. My Father, all things are possible for you. Please don't allow me to drink this cup of suffering. Yet what I want is not important. But I only desire to fulfill your plan for me. We know that scripture is, let thy will be done, not my will, Lord. When the will of God is done, heaven comes to earth. Heaven manifests on earth when the will of God is done. There has to come a place where we say, God, not my will be done, your will be done. Has to come a place where we're that submitted. Where we say, God, it's, it's, it's got to be your will. You know, uh, in, a, in Luke chapter 4, verse 43, Jesus said, he said to people, he said, my mission is to establish God's kingdom. The kingdom of God. And, and in the New Testament, it's it's changes from kingdom of God to kingdom of heaven and kind of goes back and forth from kingdom of God to kingdom of heaven. They're the same thing. The reason sometimes they use the kingdom of heaven instead of the kingdom of God is, is because the Jews would get a little confused sometimes and it would, it would complicate that sentence because they wouldn't even say the name of God. So they would, they would change Jehovah to Adonai because they were so respectful of God, they wouldn't even say his name. So they would change it to heaven so they would keep reading and not get caught up on that, on that, that word. And they knew that it meant God's kingdom. Kingdom of heaven, kingdom of God. And Jesus said, it's my mission to establish the kingdom of God on earth. He said, it's not only his mission, but he demonstrated God's kingdom in word and action on earth. How God's kingdom works. You know why Jesus could demonstrate God's kingdom on earth is because where the king is, is the kingdom. 
And when the king came to earth, by word and action, everywhere he went, the kingdom was established. The reason the wind and waves obeyed him is because he's the king, and wherever the king is, the kingdom is. Wherever the king is, that's where he rules. That's why sickness and disease bowed to him, because where the king is, is the kingdom. That's why demons ran, because where the king is, the kingdom of heaven is, the kingdom of darkness cannot stay. Jesus came to engage the kingdom of darkness, to engage it and defeat it and put it under his feet and then give us authority to engage it and defeat it because he's already won the war, but he gave us the power to win the battles. And he's expecting us to engage, engage that. Uh, go, you're right there, Mark 14. Go with me to Mark chapter 1, verse 14 and 15. After Jesus was baptized and led to the wilderness, he came out of the wilderness and overcame Satan. In, in verse 14, it says, later on, after John the baptizer was arrested, Jesus went back into the region of Galilee and preached the wonderful gospel of God's kingdom realm. His message was this, at last the fulfillment of the age has come. It is time for the realm of God's kingdom to be experienced in its fullness, or the kingdom of heaven. Turn your lives back to God and put your trust in the hope-filled gospel. He's, Jesus said, it is my mission, it is my cause, I'm going to preach the kingdom, that the kingdom of heaven, about the kingdom of heaven, about the kingdom of God. He kept saying it, I'm preaching about the kingdom, the kingdom, the kingdom. Let me say this again, where the king is and he rules is where the kingdom is. That's going to make more sense here in just a moment. When John would baptize people, he preached the kingdom. He said, the kingdom of God is near. Kingdom of God is coming. And Jesus, again, after he was baptized by John and John was arrested, he began to preach the kingdom. It was his mission. When he sent the 72 out, he sent 72 by pairs, men, out. And he said, preach the kingdom. Tell them about my kingdom. And he always attached his kingdom to the gospel because the gospel, the good news is Jesus died for our sins and rose from the dead and has conquered sin and death. But it doesn't apply until you understand and are submitted to the king. The kingdom of God, and you don't experience the kingdom of God on earth or in heaven until you submit to the king because where the king is is where the kingdom is. So they keep asking about this. They keep asking about the kingdom, the kingdom, the kingdom. Where's the kingdom? And he answers them. But I, I'm going to tell you something first, that when they, when they, when they talk to a, Americans, and I, I always liked it, there's a guy named Jesse Waters that would go out on the street and he'd show people a map, college students, a map and say, where's New York? They don't know. Where's the Grand Canyon? Where's Russia? I don't know. Where's the state of Washington? 
Most Americans cannot point out New York City, the Grand Canyon, the state of Washington, or anything on a map. They can't tell you where Russia is. I mean, most, it was crazy. He would ask these college students. They knew, one out of like 15 of them would know anything. But we're not on our own. They asked the British, they said, hey, when did World War II end? 64% of them didn't know. Didn't know when World War II ended. This one's even funnier. They asked them, 64% of them, uh, 67% didn't know where World War II ended. 64% of them don't know where the French Alps are. Let me give you a clue. The word French, it's in France. Some of you didn't even know. When I said that, you're like, yeah, I don't know that either. Most of you, some of you laugh because you got it. 70% of them do, do not know, could not tell anybody where the Vienna Philharmonic Orchestra plays. I'm not going to point anybody out, but it's Vienna. It's in Vienna. It's the Vienna Philharmonic Orchestra. It's in Vienna. But 70% did not know. And the majority of Christians do not know where the kingdom of heaven is. Or the kingdom, kingdom of heaven, kingdom of God. They don't know where that's located either. Go with me to Luke, and we're going to find out where it is. Go with me to Luke chapter 17, verse 20. It says this, Jesus was once asked by the Jewish religious leaders, when will God's kingdom realm come? Jesus responded, God's kingdom realm, realm does not come simply by obeying principles or by waiting for signs. Uh, you know, again, I've heard so many preachers throughout my life, God's gonna, he's gonna fall on this city. He's gonna fall on our church. He's just gonna explode it. Julie and I tried out, uh, we tried out. We went to a church and preached at it and they were looking for a pastor uh, down south of here in one of the cities that's not as good as Roswell. And uh, and uh, so, uh, but anyway, I went, I went there and, and ministered, and man, we got around them, and, and man, we realized, man, we don't want nothing to do with what they're doing here. And one of the questions they asked me, they, they said, um, they asked me about how, how the church was going to blow up, explode, a bunch of people were going to come. And I kind of laid out a little plan, and as I was saying that, they said, because it was going to involve some work. One of them stopped me and said, oh, man, we, we, uh, we just believe the power of God will just, you know, show up and people will just drive by and walk in here and the, God will just bring them all here. And I looked at Julie and Julie looked at me and said, well, we're in our pastor in here. This isn't our church. You know, that church still exists today. That still hadn't happened. You know why? Because we're not waiting on God to move. God's waiting on us to move. The change that's coming to our city that needs to come, that needs to come, that needs to come to our city begins with us. God's done what he's gonna do. He's given, he said, I've given you everything that pertains to life and God, I've given it all to you. 
I died for you. I rose from the dead and I've given you everything. I've made you my children. I've made you my sons and daughters in the whole kingdom. You're, you're a king and a priest in my kingdom. You're a citizen of heaven now. And all rights and privileges belong to you. What are you going to do about it? What are you going to do with it? So he says, religious people, they think it's all about do's and don'ts. That's what he's saying here. You think it's all about do's and don'ts. Or you, you're waiting for this sign to fall. And he says this, you're waiting for signs. And Jesus says in verse 21, the kingdom is not discovered in one place or another. Otherwise, it's not discovered in your do's and don'ts. It's not discovered in, your, in, your, um, in, in this big sign you're looking for. He said it's not discovered in any of those places. It's not over there. It's not over here. It's not over there. He said, you're looking in all the wrong places. He said this, for God's kingdom realm, the kingdom of heaven is already expanding within some of you. It's in you. Remember what I said, where the king is, where the king is, is where his kingdom is. The reason he said the kingdom of God is within you and the translation is it's expanding within some of you. It's growing within some of you. How does the kingdom of heaven, how does the kingdom of God, how does heaven come to earth? It starts with, and it always has, starts with God being the Lord of your life. On the last days, Jesus said there's a judgment coming, and he said many are going to say, Lord, Lord. They didn't say Jesus, Jesus. They said, Lord, Lord. And Jesus says, I don't know you. And that word K-N-O-W is, is an intimate word. Otherwise, we didn't have any relationship. And they said, we did all this in your name. They're the ones looking for all the do's and don'ts and the signs. And he's saying, you're not going to find my kingdom in that. You're going to find my kingdom within you. Where the king rules, the kingdom is. And they say, Lord, Lord, and he says, I don't know you. He's saying, I never, I never was your Lord. There's so many Christians that think they come to church here or it doesn't matter where you're sitting or where you're watching at. They think because I sit in church and I do these things and don't do these other things, that makes me a Christian. Guys, I can stand in my garage and go, and Julie can come walking out and go, what are you doing? Julie, I'm a Ferrari. Julie's gonna go. Nine one one. I need a. I need a butterfly net, man. A straight jacket. No more does me standing in the garage making that noise make me a Ferrari than people coming and doing a bunch of do's and don'ts in church make you a Christian. That's why he said, "You think it's in the do's and don'ts or the signs? No, it's in the lordship of Christ. What does that mean? He's the ruler of your life." He's the ruler in here. We've got so many opinions. We got so many people. Well, my opinion, I think this is okay. In my opinion, I think, in my opinion, I think Pastor Troy ought to not say this stuff. In my opinion, in my this, in my that, in this, that, and another. Listen, we go to the word. When Jesus is the Lord, you go to the word. You go to the word. When he's Lord, 
When he's, the Lord means master, ruler. When he becomes the ruler of your heart, the kingdom of God has come to earth. And the more you submit to him, his, that's why that translation says it's expanding within you. The more you submit to his lordship, the more the kingdom of God is growing within you. The kingdom of heaven is growing because where the king rules is where the kingdom is. So many people want Jesus. They want Jesus. Jesus, save me. Jesus, I want to go to heaven. Jesus, I want a good marriage. Jesus, I want this. And Jesus, I want that. But they don't want the Lord Jesus. Because now he's the boss. Now he's the boss. I said, now he's the boss. What did Jesus say? Not my will but your will be done. That's how the kingdom is established. That's how the kingdom of God, the kingdom of heaven comes to earth is that each person says, you're the Lord of my life. I'm not gonna do my marriage the way I wanna do it. I'm gonna do it the way you said to do it. I'm not gonna make decisions the way I wanna make decisions. I'm gonna do it the way you said to make decisions. I'm not, gonna, I'm not going to use my finances the way I want to use my finances. I'm going to do it the way you said to do it. People come against God. I, you know, I read, I read some scriptures and talk about uh, sexuality, and people are freaking out. And they call themselves, I'm a Christian. No, you're not. If he's not the Lord of your life... You're not a Christian. If you're not submitted to his lordship and his word, even though you might feel another way or think a different way, that's exactly what lordship is. Lordship's not agreement. Lordship is submission. Let me say it again. It's not agreement. It's submission. My flesh didn't agree that I should quit drinking. It liked to drink. I, hate, I don't want to burst anybody's bubble, and I'm not making fun of this, but, I, you know, I, getting drunk and getting high felt good. It didn't end good, but it felt good. The Bible even says sin is pleasurable for a season. But that, when that season's over, it's real ugly. But it's pleasurable for a season. Then it ends really, really bad. But I said, when I prayed and said, Jesus, you're the Lord of my life, I submitted, and he said, that's got to go. He said, Troy, getting high and drunk on that stuff's got to go. I want you to get high and drunk in the Spirit, in the Holy Spirit. I want you to find your joy. I want you to find your joy, your peace, and your relaxation, your deliverance from stress, and all of that in my spirit and not self-medicating. And I said, your will be done, not my will, Lord. Why? Because he's the Lord. He's the Lord. I don't run my marriage the way I want to. It doesn't mean that I haven't chosen myself at times and, and made mistakes and done things, you know, said things I shouldn't have done and, you know, that kind of stuff. Always been perfect, even though Julie thinks I'm about 99%. She tells me it all the time. She thinks she's 
<laughs> she's pretty close to right. But, uh, <laughs> but when it comes down to it, we both look at each other and say, what's the word say? We're gonna do the word. We're submitted to the Lord. So we can't do what we wanna do. We can't keep fighting. We can't walk in unforgiveness. Why? Because he's the Lord and he said, if you don't forgive, you won't be forgiven. He's the Lord and he said, you must forgive. He's the Lord and he said, marriage is forever till death do us part. He said, you stay in this and not only stay in this, but you're gonna find happiness through obeying me. That's lordship. He said, this is how you handle your finances. You not only tithe and are a giver, but you're a good steward of it. It doesn't just run through your hands all the time. You don't just throw it around like candy, and then and you, know, you don't go buy a new truck when you owe a mortgage payment. When he's the Lord, you just say, God, I'm going to do things your way, not my way. Your will be done. That's how the kingdom of heaven comes to earth. He just said it. The kingdom of God, the kingdom of heaven is within us. We want to see change in Roswell. We need to see more change. Want to see less broken hearts, less broken homes. I don't know about you. I'm tired of the tears. I want some joy and laughter. I want some celebration. I want to see some victories. And not just the defeats. But it only comes from this way that the kingdom of God is established. And it's got to be in us as individuals and us corporately as a church. He's Lord. He's Lord. It period. I know people have told me, man, they, they, claim, they say they're Christian. And they're saying, I disagree with what you said about this. And I disagree. And the other people who don't even come to our church have said, that's what the word of God says. What do you want him to do? And it shuts them up. Why? Because, man, you either going to do the word or not. Are you going to live on your own opinions? But if he's the Lord and you, and you want him to establish his kingdom realm and you want to see heaven's blessings, heaven's goodness, heaven's healing, heaven's, heaven's uh, 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 giving to, into your life, sowing into your life, if you want to see heaven's will if, for your life, his purpose, his plan, and his desires for your life come to pass, it all begins and ends with lordship. It's a submission issue. If my people call by my name, if my people call by my name will, it all comes down to us. It all comes down to us. It's, it's all about what we're gonna do with the lordship of God. Is he the Lord? You may say, well, I don't know if I'm a Christian. I'll tell you if you know you're a Christian. When it comes down to every decision you make, whether it's relationships, finance, or whatever, you turn to God. And you say, God, I'm not going to go based on my opinion or my feelings. I'm going to go based on your word. This, is the, this book is the authoritative manual of the kingdom of heaven. This is written by the king. And he said, this is, what, this is how my kingdom operates this is how my kingdom functions. This is what you do to be a citizen. This is our book about being a citizen of heaven. It's authoritative. It's complete and perfect. It's from Almighty God. It's from our King, from our Lord. 
Lord means master. Jesus, I have no problem calling Jesus master. I'm honored. He didn't make me do it. He didn't, he didn't make me be a slave. I'm a slave to his love on purpose. It wasn't an accident. I made a decision. I'm a slave to you. You're my master. I'm glad to be in your house. I'm glad to be a citizen of heaven. I'm glad to be a son and a child of the most high God. I'm glad to be in your family. I thank you. You adopted me. You are my Abba. You are my father. You are my God and my king, my Lord and my savior. And it's a process. So the kingdom of God continues to expand as we continue to submit and learn and grow. It doesn't happen just overnight. Lordship happens overnight. We're like, okay, God, I'm submitted to you. And then he teaches you the areas that you need to say no to and the ones to say yes to. Two things. I talked to a group of of girls last week uh, at Roswell High, and two things I talked to them about. One was about being present. The other one, um, well, I talked about being present first. So um, I talked about being present in that I wish someone would have told me when I was 17 and 18 just to enjoy every moment. The Bible says make a man plans his way, but God guides his steps so that I would learn to, to make a plan, but in each step, just be present right there to listen to the will of God and to enjoy the place I'm at. I talked to a high school kid yesterday at that funeral, and he said, I said, what grade are you in now? He said, I'm a junior. I said, oh, you're going to be a senior next year? And he said, I can't wait for this to be over. Didn't we all feel that way? Did you feel that way? I couldn't wait for the high school to be over. And, and, but what I've learned, what I told him is, I said, man, I know I'm going to tell you this. It might not make any sense to you right now, but, uh, you know, I know a lot of people that wish they would have relished a little bit more. It's, it, it's a lot easier to go to school and go and take you know, have fun and go to school and work a part-time job than have to pay a mortgage, an electric bill, and a water bill for the rest of your life. Enjoy where you're at. That's called being present. Some of you aren't even present in here. You're here, but you're not present. And I learned my children and my wife teach, teach me things all the time, and they'll say, my wife will say, where are you at? She sees that long stare, and I'm thinking about a thousand other things I have to do, other issues and problems to solve, and she'll say, where are you at? And she'll look at me, and I I know, I'm like, well, I'm not here. And she said, hey, look around. The kids are at the table. We're here right now. Just be present. And from their help and with God's help, I'm learning how to just be present. We need to learn how to be present in the moment and actually take time to say, God, what's your will here? What do you want to do? What do you want me to say? What what decision do you want me to make? See, when we're not submitted to the lordship of Christ, we don't know what to say no to and what to say yes to. And that leads to the big R word. What's the big R word? It's regret. The big R word is regret. When you don't know what to say no to or what to say yes to, you live in great regret. 
And the only way you're going to know what to say no to and what to say yes to is when you submit to the Lordship of Christ. And now you're saying, not my will, but your will be done, God. And when you submit like that, he'll process you through to the yeses and the noes. And he'll confirm it every time with his word, what to say no to, what to say yes to. I, man, I deal with people all the time, but at various ages now today, that people are single and they, they start talking to me or their family or someone says, yeah, my daughter's dating so-and-so or my son's dating so-and-so. And my first question to my kids and anybody, anybody, are they Christians? Well, no. And I'm like, you're wrong. If you're in a relationship and you're not married yet and they're not a Christian you're, and you say you are, you're wrong. You're in a wrong relationship. The Bible says you're wrong. So is it, is he the Lord? If he's the Lord, he said, don't be unequally yoked. He says that not to ruin our fun and not to hang out with hottie all day. Right? You know they're hot. You know, you know you're compromising because you think they're hot. Right? So you're compromising because you think they're hot, and he's not trying to ruin your fun. He's trying to stop you from getting your heart broken. Because it's not gonna work. It's not gonna, that's not gonna work. It's not gonna work. It's not his will for you. But guess what? God's such a God of freedom, he'll let you choose, he'll let you choose not to do it. He'll let you choose to be in a wrong relationship. He'll let you choose to mishandle your finances. I know people. I'll say, why did you do that? Why did you spend that money and put yourself in this situation? Why'd you do that? They said, the whole time God was telling me not to do it, and I just did it anyway. Why'd you make that decision? The whole time God was telling me, don't do it, and I did it anyway. That's a lordship issue. That's who's boss issue. Why'd you say that? Because, man, I just was so mad. And, and, but God was telling me, don't do it, don't do it, don't do it. And I didn't listen to his will. I did my will. And now I got the big R in my life. Regret. Regret. Man, God doesn't want us to have regrets. Someone say amen. He wants us to learn lessons and grow. What did he say? Put my, his kingdom. What does that mean? His lordship. You ever wondered what that meant? He's saying, where the king is, where the king is, is where his kingdom is. Put my lordship first, and what will he do? Add what? All things. A plus, all the A plus students out there know that. Hey, listen, all things to you. You you put his rule, his will first. He said, I'll add. I'm gonna start adding blessings to you. I'm gonna start adding this and adding that and adding this and adding another thing. When I put his kingdom first, he added Julie to my life. Until I put his kingdom first, he didn't add Julie to my life. When I put his kingdom first, we started having one baby, two baby, three baby, four. Five baby, six baby, and no more. That's Julie's rhyme, not mine. I would have had seven or eight of them probably. Then be mad at myself right about now. No, I'm kidding. Where God is respected, feared, reverenced is where his presence 
his power and his purpose is. When he is respected, feared, and reverenced, when his lordship is submitted to, you're going to see his presence, his peace, his power, his purpose, all the P words. You're going to see it all manifest in your life. You're going to see some B words too, blessings, where he's respected, where he's honored, where he's reverenced, where he's feared. How do we do that, worship? Worship, you worship him. What is worship? Worship says, I value you more than all other things. That's what worship says. Worship says, I value you over all other things. Guys, we have a, we have a leadership issue in New Mexico, a bad one. And what they call politics, what I call is, if we don't realize that so-called political leadership doesn't have serious spiritual implications, then you've lost your, you, you really, your perspective is warped. Warped. Because all our leadership has serious spiritual consequences, whether it's our homes, our workplaces, our cities, our state. Serious consequences. But that's not our major issue. Because God said, if my people, if my people will humble themselves and pray and forsake evil, otherwise, if they'll submit to my, my lordship, if they'll submit to my kingship, my kingdom, I'll bring heaven to earth and I'll heal their nation. It's important that we vote. You guys know how powerful and important it is that we put righteous people in leadership. But it's, it's more important that we put the righteous God in leadership of our life. Everything's going to be birthed out of that. Everything's going to be birthed out of the church, out of us. We want change in our city. We want to stop being 50th in education and, you know, 50th in child care and first in teenage pregnancy and lead the nation in suicides. And I mean, when has this crap got to end? Then we're going to have to change our our whole way of life, everything. This is it. This is what we have to change. We have to change who the Lord is. There was a man, I'm gonna end with this. There was a man who went to a doctor and he's like, doc, I hurt all over. I hurt all over. And the doctor said, okay, show me where. He said, I hurt right here. 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 And about five or six times, the doctor said, stop. I've already, I, I figured out what your problem is. The guy's going, really? Really? Why am I hurting all over? He said, you have a dislocated finger. <laughs> he said, you don't have 50 problems. You have one problem. We don't have 50 problems, guys. We have one problem. That one problem is this. is a lordship issue. Who's, who's the Lord? Who's, the, who's in charge of your life? How are you making your decisions? If he's not a consideration, if God's not a consideration in every aspect of your life, then he's not the Lord. He's the Lord of all or nothing. Doesn't mean you perfected it. It doesn't mean you know what to do all the time, but you're submitted to it. You want what God wants for you. You want what God not only wants for you, you want what God wants for everybody because you know God is good and that he has a good plan. When are you going to let him 
When are you going to let him perform his good plan and show you his good plan for your life personally? Let me tell you how personal God is. He said, not only do I know all of you by name, he said, I've counted every hair on your head, every human being that's ever existed. He said, I know when every sparrow falls. He said, if I know when every sparrow falls, how much more do I care about you? He said, if I, if I make the weeds, all the weeds are popping up right now. Some of them are beautiful, the purple. The, they're beautiful, like weeds. He said, if I made the weeds beautiful, how much more do I want to care for you? That's how personal it is. That's how much he loves us. That's how much he loves this whole creation. That's how much he cares. But it's a lordship issue. Is he Lord? Don't ever come to a day where you say, Lord, Lord, and he says, I never knew you. Because he said, most people that say Lord to me on the last day of judgment, most, he'll say, I never knew you. I was never the Lord of your life. I was, they, everybody wants Jesus to save them and Jesus to do this and Jesus to do that, but they don't want a Lord. And they, don't, they, go to, they go to Jesus and God to give me, give me, give me, but they don't go to Jesus and God and say, I give you this. I give you my life and your will be done in my life. When you do that, all the other stuff comes. Put my kingdom first, which is his will being done. Everything comes. All the blessings come. All the goodness of God comes. That's how it works. It doesn't work the other way. Lordship. Boss, master, king. Every eye closed. Please, if you'll do that. Online and in here, I just ask you to do whatever it takes to focus, you know, remove distractions. If you need to close your eyes, you need to put a bottle in the baby's mouth, whatever you need to do, just to kind of remove some distractions. Please just consider your life. This is your life, your choice. God gave you freedom to choose. You can choose the kingdom of darkness and think it's you, think it's your will. Or you can choose the kingdom of God and submit to God's will. Good things happen from that. Every good thing comes from that decision. Have we not seen enough darkness? God's waiting on us, his people. If we move towards him, he's gonna move for all of us. Mm. Oh, happy day that will be. But there's some in this room and some listening online, you... He's not the Lord, you know. I, I'm talking about it and you're like, no, I, I don't think about God when it comes to sexuality. I don't think about God when it comes to, I don't think about God when it comes to relationships or finances or my job. I don't think about God in any area of my life. Then he's not Lord. I do what I want to do. He's not Lord. Yeah, I go to church and I do all these things in his name, but Really privately, secretly, in my heart, and my mind, I'm not submitted. That's what happens in that, that day on judgment. They said, we did this in your name, and this in your name, and this in your name. And he said, I never knew you. 
They thought it was the do's and don'ts. They thought it was the sign they were waiting for. When it was always submission to the Lordship of Christ and receiving his forgiveness, receiving the kingdom of heaven within you. That's what gets you to the other heaven. The the heaven that is in the other dimension. The real heaven. That kingdom is only a kingdom because where the king is, the kingdom is. And if he's not the king of your life and the king of your heart sitting on the throne of your will, then he's not Lord. And you're not saved. Only you can answer that question. Only you and God know your heart. I don't. No no one around you does. Only you know. And if you can be honest with yourself and say, okay, I realize that he's not the Lord. He's he's not the boss. I don't submit to his will. I want to do what I want to do when I want to do it. And I don't consider him. I don't run to the word of God to find my answers. I don't run to the Holy Spirit to pray out things. I don't, I don't even consider it. I, I just do what I want to do. Listen, if that's you, I've got good news. He loves you and he died to save your life. And you have a chance today to say what I said as a 17, 18 year old. What some said at 80, what some said at six and five, some said at 13 and 40. Today's the day that I make a decision of my will to submit my will to your world will, Lord. You are the Lord. Teach me how to submit. If that's you and you're ready to receive that, we want to pray with you right now. He'll save you. He'll establish his kingdom inside of you. Heaven will be your eternal home. And he'll set you free from the dominion and control of the kingdom of darkness in this life. He won't take your freedom away. You'll still have choices. But he'll help you. He'll guide you if you'll submit to him. you've never prayed that and you want to pray, let's pray. Maybe you've prayed it before and you're like, man, I don't live like he's the Lord. I'm not living like that. And you need to you say, okay, man, I've been playing games. I've been like these other people thinking it's this or that or nothing. I'm, I'm done playing games. Jesus, I know in my private secret life, I'm really not submitted to you. I do all the stuff on the outside, but the inside's not right. And I'm going to get it right. Maybe that's you today. He's not Lord. He's not Lord of your secret life, then he's not Lord. That don't mean you'll be perfect tomorrow, but you'll, be, you'll start walking through the process. He'll be Lord. He'll help you. He'll lead you. Maybe you've, you've run away from him. Said, I've had enough of this. I'm, I'm going to go back and do this and go do this and go do that. Maybe you're tired of it. And you know you just need to come home and say, Jesus, you're Lord. I know you're Lord. I want to come home. He'll accept you with open arms. He loves you. 
has never left you. So any of that, any one of those things that that's you and you want to pray and get right, whether here online, online, send us a message right now. I'm praying for the first time. I'm praying for the next time. In this room, on the count of three, just raise your hand and say, I'm, I'm going to make Jesus the Lord of my life. I'm going to submit my will to his will today. This is the day. This is the day that I received the kingdom of heaven, the kingdom of God. On the count of three, raise your hand and then put it down. Then right, right, right where, where you are seated. One of these days I'm going to word that right. Where you're seated, we're going to pray. One, two, three. Raise your hand up and say it's me. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Oh, oh, golly. All over the room. Thank you. Thank you all. Thank you. Thank you all. Thank you, thank you. Let's pray now. Online, send the message and pray. Pray this with us just like we're praying here. Say this, say, God, today, by an act of my will, I submit my will to your will. I say to you, Jesus, you are the Lord Jesus Christ of my life. You sit on the throne of my will. I submit to you because I know that you love me. You have my best interest at heart. And those I love, you want me to touch with your touch. I know you died for me. I know you rose from the dead. And now I ask you, forgive me of my sins. And I receive as my Lord your forgiveness. And I receive your Holy Spirit. And I receive your peace, your power, your purpose. Thank you. Teach me, Lord. In Jesus' name, so be it. Amen. Come on, let's thank the Lord. Let's thank Him. Let's worship Him. Thanks for listening today. If you'd like to find out more about Church on the Move, like our service times, or how you can connect with us, you can visit cotmroswell.com.